Welcome to the Volbros. My name is Evan. This is my brother, Michigan's cameraman. <laughs> uh, that one actually, that one got me pretty good tonight. As soon as he logged in, I, I laughed. It was good. Um, this is my brother, Rustin. We are two Volbros who are actually bros in real life. Uh, fun day yesterday. We were celebrating one year of the Volbros. Uh, yesterday was one year from our first episode. Uh, we released, I just looked it up. We were 80 episodes in, in the first year. That's pretty awesome. And a lot of good memories out of that, uh, many of which involve all of you who comment and interact with us, and that's the best part. Uh, tonight is our 81st episode as we start year two of the Volbros, and so we are looking forward to previewing the mighty Huskies of of UConn uh, coming into the Neyland Stadium this weekend, and we'll uh, we'll probably mention a little bit of basketball at the end. They, they start their season next week, so we'll get to that a little bit too. Not much, but a little bit uh aftermath chris welcome buddy he said let's get it bros absolutely absolutely well we always answer three questions uh every preview show and our first one is what do you want to see on saturday so rustin noon kickoff tell us what you want to see and everybody in the comments let us know what you want to see out of the vols this weekend as well i think it's the typical three things you want to see from any homecoming game number one you want to see the backup quarterback play the majority of the second half um you want to see the offensive and defensive lines dominate the point of attack and just do whatever they want on the front line and then uh the third thing is you want to see no injuries amen absolutely uh man oh man definitely don't want to see any injuries tomorrow knowing what's coming up after that. Uh, so tomorrow needs to just be a, not tomorrow. <laughs> They're not playing on Friday. <laughs> Saturday. Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. Saturday needs to be a tune-up game for the, the following two. Aftermath Chris said he's heading up tomorrow morning for the homecoming parade and get ready for the UConn game. That's awesome. Hope you have a great time. Uh, Oreo Puppy Dog said only one moving. Hey, welcome, Oreo Puppy Dog. Good to have you. He said only one moving penalty in three road games on other teams versus Tennessee. Had to bring that up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Aftermath, Chris said he wants to see domination in the first half, then Nico running with the ones to start the second half, then working in the rest of the young guys. I 100% agree with that. That would be fantastic. Uh, And that leads into what I want to see. And what I want to see is what we should see. And what I mean by that is uh, similar to what you said, Rustin. I want to see total domination in every facet of this game. I don't want to see something like Austin P where they're hanging around and we're like, what is going on? Of course, now we know Austin P is pretty good. Uh, they're yep. six and two at this point. I mean, that's pretty good. Rustin looked that up after our show last week. Um, I want to see, I, I don't want to be sitting there, you know, thinking, why in the world are we not putting this team away? I don't want to think that. I want this to be total domination just like that's the word aftermath chris used as well he said domination that's what i want to see uh a no doubter like this the game will should never be in doubt from the opening drive tennessee i, I should have gone back and looked tennessee i think has now scored on six of their eight opening possessions this year it should be seven of nine after this week and it should be no doubt Never in jeopardy. That's that's what I want to see. A total, a total complete game. Oriel Puppy Doc said he wants to see a lot of the younger guys. Absolutely. They should be playing the majority of the second half. Um <laughs> welcome, Laura. It's good to have you. 
Uh, she said, very important. I need to know if that's chocolate milk Rustin has tonight. I'm pretty jealous if so. <laughs> that would be Fair Life chocolate milk. And if Fair Life would like to sponsor the Vol Bros, we'd be more than happy to do that in every episode. Absolutely. Fair life. We will put your logo on our screen if you want us to. I will I will emblazon my chest on my shirt with your logo, <laughs> Fair Life, if you want to sponsor our shirt or, or our show and my shirt for that matter. Uh Laura said nice. <laughs> uh so that's what we want to see this Saturday. A total complete game. Uh total complete game. Carl said 17 of 19 by the end of the game. Absolutely. Uh absolutely. We want to see them score a lot, uh, score a lot in this game. Um, that's what that's what we want to see. And we'll get to that in a minute, actually, with our score predictions. Everybody can let us know what your score prediction is here in a second. But right now, who's going to have a big game this weekend? That's the next question. I have a very specific answer. You want me to go first? Sure. So I think that our coaching staff knows that Jalen Wright, who was a little dinged up at the end of the game last week in Kentucky, apparently got injured during the game. Um, I think our coaching staff knows Jalen Wright and Dylan Sampson are vitally important. I mean, everybody is over the next two weeks, but they know, or next three weeks, but they know that those two guys are two best running backs in the room right now. So my player of the game for tomorrow is Jabari Small. <laughs> or Saturday, not tomorrow. I keep saying tomorrow. Um, Saturday, I think Jabari Small. You're excited about that homecoming parade. I sure am. That's right. <laughs> uh, I think Jabari Small is going to get the vast majority of the carries. And I think he easily goes over 100 yards this week. <clears throat> and knowing, because they know they need Dylan Sampson and Jalen Wright to be 100% going into Columbia, Missouri the following week and then having Georgia come into Neyland the week after that. So uh, I think Jabari's going to get a ton of carries, and I think that he is the the player of the game at the end of the day. Who, who do you have? I'm going to go with a room. I'm going to go with the corners. Um, UConn's co- quarterback has not had a uh, wonderful season to this point, um, or multiple quarterbacks, actually. I think we'll get a ton of pressure on him. I think he'll be throwing lame ducks all over the field, and I think our corners will get at least two interceptions, uh, maybe three. So I, I I fully expect the entire cornerback room, whoever that includes, Gabe Judy Lolly, Danico Slaughter, Brandon Turnage, Christian Charles, whoever, anybody they put out there, I think we're going to see all of them get opportunities. Now, I think that you just hit the nail on the head. I, I highly doubt that UConn has seen a defensive front like Tennessee's yet this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, you think about, think about what I keep going back to what the, the South Carolina offensive lineman said, the Yale transfer to South Carolina this year, what he said about Tennessee's defensive front, uh, keeping in mind that South Carolina played Georgia before they played Tennessee. And in the pre that, that, that week, Leading into the game, the, the one of the pressers that week, that week, the guy said that this was the best defensive front that they will have seen yet that year or this year. So he was saying Tennessee's defensive front was better than Georgia's. And the way that Tennessee got after Spencer Rattler kind of gave some credence to that statement as well. Uh, let's see. Aftermath Chris said Nico is going to be the player who's going to have a big game. I mean, I, I hope so, because that means that we're dominating after the first half. Um, 
I think I think more even more specifically, I think Jabari Small crosses over 300 yards early in the third quarter. I mean, I'm sorry, 100 yards. <laughs> Jabari's going to run for 300 yards tomorrow. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I think that early on Saturday in the third quarter, Jabari Small will cross the 100 yard mark. That's just my my thoughts for this week. Um, aftermath Chris said, I'd also love to see Ethan Davis and Cam Selden have a huge game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, so this is a question that I should have looked up before, but I would venture to guess that Ethan Davis could play these last four games and still preserve his red shirt. I don't think he's gotten into a game yet this year. I could be wrong, but I, I, I don't think he has. Um, it, it, we got four games left. Uh, so, I mean, I, I doubt Ethan's going to see the field against Missouri or Georgia. So I guarantee you, if he's able to play, he will be playing tomorrow. Um, not tomorrow, Saturday. What do I keep saying tomorrow? <laughs> um, I, he, so I, I mean, Ethan will be on the field if he's eligible to play as far as like, he's not injured. Uh, if he is not on the injury list, he will be in the game. I would venture to guess quite a bit on saturday at noon <laughs> uh let's see carl carl said nico 16 of 18 tutor whoa <laughs> that's what i'm talking about um i'm starting to understand how carl lost such a big lead in the pick'em uh, <laughs> well hey look at this he follows it up i like this carl he follows it up with khalifa keith and cam selden 112 yards total it's um, very specific yeah i like it uh, hey, I hope I hope we get to see a healthy dose of Khalifa Keith and Cam Selden in the second half. I really do. Um, and you know what? I think legitimately they could combine for 112 yards in the second half. I think that's an excellent prediction. But if you take that and you combine it with Nico throwing for 246 yards, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna try to do some quick math here. That's 358 yards <laughs> in the second now, half in the second half yes that's right uh carl if we if we do that dude can you imagine the message boards lighting uh, up about nico being in the <laughs> it would be nico mania man it would be nico mania carl said he's guzzling the kool-aid <laughs> i love it that's awesome uh, Carl, you're the man. I love, I love his sense of humor. Um, I mean that 358 yards in one half, that would be incredible. Um, I mean, yeah. Aftermath, Chris said that would end up with like over 700 yards of total offense. That's right. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. I, I don't think we're going to see that much, but it would be great. Uh, it would be great. Uh, God guns and ammo. Welcome buddy. Good to have you. He said, what's up fellas. If the receivers can start getting off the line, we'll be dangerous. I want to see cam Selden get some touches. I do too. Uh, I really want to see cam Selden, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, or, I mean, really most of the second half, but especially in the fourth quarter, I want to see cam Selden and Khalifa Keith both get a whole lot of touches. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm all for that. Oreo puppy dog said, I actually want Samson to hit a hundred plus this week. He very well might. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no exaggeration. He might be able to do it in minimal touches too. It may not take much. Yeah. Um, right now, UConn is one in seven on the year. Um, doesn't 
bode well heading into New England this week. The current line in Vegas is 35. Which is saying a lot because Tennessee's offense has not shown like mm-hmm. crazy scoring ability as we saw last year. Um, but I, I legitimately think it is very possible for what Oreo Puppy Dog is saying here. I legitimately think it is possible that Dylan and Jabari Small both cross 100 yards in this game. Uh, that that could easily because really really all it takes is one big run for each of them. If you know, well, okay, well, think about think about Jalen Wright last week. He had a 52 yard run on the first possession in the game. Well, he's over halfway to 100 in one possession. You know, I mean, like like all you got to have is just a few good other possessions after that, and you're crossing 100 yards. So if if Jalen or excuse me, if Jabari Small and Dylan Sampson both get one good run, yeah. I mean, I think Dylan, I, I think if we, if we put a hundred, if we be a little more specific and we say a hundred all purpose yards, easy, that's yeah. going to happen. No doubt because he will catch a pass and run for 40 something yards probably. And he'll have a run where he, you know, carries the ball for 40 something yards. Well, there's 80 of them right there. So, um, I, if, if we say all purpose yards, that will definitely happen in my opinion. Uh, let's see. Uh, Steven, just, just, uh, like this. I appreciate that, Steven. Uh, thank you, buddy. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Carl said, uh, UConn. That's absolutely. They are, they are in the one hundreds on offense and defense. So we, we could put up 700 yards is what Carl's saying there. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> best, the best team they've played so far is Duke. And Duke beat them 41 to 7. But here's what's weird about that Duke only had 328 yards of total offense and still scored 41 points. I wonder if they had like any defensive touchdowns or something. That's fascinating. That's yeah. weird. <laughs> uh, I love this comment from Rebecca. <laughs> one, As- one, one scoop and score on defense. It was it was forty one to nothing with twelve seconds left, and UConn finally scored. Ah, I got you. I got you. Uh, Rebecca said, "Has Carl been doing some sign stealing from the poor UConn?" <laughs> I love it. Carl's going to be in the stands, motioning to our sideline. What plays <laughs> this with his sunglasses, with his little blue light pinhole? That's camera. right. That's right. Um, and if if anybody's joining us. Uh, just now, then you know uh, that Rustin sometimes has a unique name on here, and tonight is Michigan cameraman. <laughs> There's been too much this week. It's you. You just can't avoid it. It's it's too good. What <laughs> what's wild? Did you also see the report today that all the other Big Ten university presidents and ads have now met with the commissioner twice? Telling that, that, yes, it came out today. They've now met with him twice, telling him that they want major consequences for Michigan, the whole Big Ten. Well, that's the thing. Like, if the NCAA doesn't do something, then this sets a horrible precedent for the future. Like, they have to do something. Well, that's it. That's just it, though. The Big Ten's not asking the NCAA to do something. They're asking the Big Ten commissioner. Yeah. He's he's been on the job for four months. <laughs> he took over that job four months ago, and he's having to deal with one of the biggest scandals in in conference history. 
Yeah, he walked into a hornet's nest. Um, I love Carl said, yeah, he stole their sign, just the surrender sign. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Aftermath Chris said, I'd love to see Dylan uh, and Jabari both in that same and at the same time just to see what the defense tries to do. Um, who do we watch? <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Rustin mentioned that uh, Sunday night. He'd love to see a two-back set. Um, I, I mean, just to – hey, if for nothing else, give Missouri and Georgia something to think about that they hadn't seen yet. Yeah. You know, give them give – them, something to, to add in to distract them from all the rest of the stuff they've seen. I would love to see a triple option with, with Joe Jalen Wright as the downhill runner and Dylan Sampson as the pitch back. That would be fun. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Kelly. Welcome Kelly. Good to have you. Uh, he said, I want 24 points on the first four possessions, then turn it over to the kid. Give him some time with the ones. I mean, so in theory, that means that, if it's the first four possessions, because, okay, for example, uh, Tennessee had five possessions in the first half at Kentucky. So if um, if it's four possessions in, then, which, by the way, I think 24 points in four possessions is right on the money. I think that's exactly what will happen. It's funny you mentioned that because I was gonna, actually going to say almost some, the exact same thing when we get to our score prediction. Um, but I think, 24 points in the first four possessions is spot on. Uh, if if that happens, then that means that Nico would be coming in with probably seven to eight minutes left in the first half. I don't I don't see Josh Heupel doing that. Um, I think uh, I think I think he will play the the vast majority of the second half. But even last year when Tennessee was up big on teams coming out of the locker room, Heupel would always have Hendon start the second half for at least one possession. Uh, and then he'd bring in Joe. So I honestly, I don't even, if, even if we're up by 30 at halftime, I think Joe starts the second half based on what we've seen from Heupel in the past. And then Nico comes in probably in the second possession in the second half. I think that's possible. I think the one thing that could change that would be we don't really know how dinged up Joe really is. Yeah, and that's true. The last couple of weeks, he's taken a lot of hit, hit, a lot of hits. He's run the ball a lot more than normal. Um, so I could absolutely see them pulling him early, um, you know, just to get him some time off. Sure. Uh <laughs> Carl said Kelly's a believer. He's he's with Carl. Absolutely. <laughs> they're both they're both saying it's a it's a runaway. And I think it is. I think it is too, but I'm 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 trying to temper my expectations. <laughs> uh JL, welcome JL. Good to have you, buddy. He said in reference to Harbaugh and the, the the scandal right now. He said Michigan is toast. Um I hope so. I mean that sounds t- terrible. Uh, I don't mean it like that. I mean it like I hope so. I hope the NCAA does something. You know what I'm saying? I hope I hope they do something. And who knows at this point if they will. Um, I think even if they don't, the rest of the Big Ten is putting so much pressure on the Big Ten commish- commissioner. He'll have to do something if the NCAA doesn't. Uh, yeah, Carl said punish uh, Harbaugh. Rebecca uh, she said, every day it's just a new layer exposed. It's crazy. I totally agree. That's 100% right on the money. 
Yeah. Uh, it's, it's crazy. It seems like every single day more info comes out. Um, you know, what's interesting and, and Rustin, he mentioned, we were talking about this a couple nights ago on Halloween. Um, <clears throat> Rustin made a really good point. He said, what's really sad about this is that assuming the NCAA or the big 10 does something and punishes Michigan, Jim Harbaugh and Connor Stallions will not be the ones that feel the repercussions of that. Yeah. Because Harbaugh's gone. Like he knows what he, he's not stupid. He sees what's coming. And so at the end of this year, he's going to be somewhere in the NFL. Uh, It is all the players left behind the recruits that are coming in and the staff members who remain. They're the ones that are going to feel the, the repercussions of this. Um, and and even and even Connor Stallions won't because you know right. Jim Harbaugh has taken him multiple places. So you know when Harbaugh gets an NFL job at the end of the season, he'll just take Stallions with him as an analyst and protect him from you know the rest of this scandal. Um, I think that's why the Big Ten is pursuing the Big Ten commissioner so strongly. You know the NCAA has a ninety day window on determine determining punishment. Well, 90 days from now, the season's over. So, you know, it's not, it's not, the NCAA is not going to punish Harbaugh. They may blackball him for the rest of time so he can't come back from the NFL, but they're not going to do anything to him now. And so I think that's one reason why the Big Ten's pursuing the commissioner so strongly. They want to try to get Harbaugh before he's gone. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Carl said he, he likes, you know, what we were talking about earlier, uh, with, uh, who was it that, uh, Kelly, Kelly said, you know, mm-hmm. four scores and four possessions. Uh, Carl said, Evan, I like it. So five scores, didn't Nico? <laughs> he gave him one more, um, Oreo puppy dog just had probably the best <laughs> comment of the night. I'm going to, I'm starring that to come back to it here in just a second. He, he's not leaving it alone. He's not, uh, Benjamin. Hey, welcome, Benjamin. Good to have you, buddy. Uh, he said, I want to give Rustin the credit he deserves for predicting that South Carolina collapse. <laughs> now, I appreciate that. That means Benjamin's been watching us for a while because that was several weeks ago. Rustin actually predicted, uh, he said, I'll be curious to see how South Carolina responds after getting beat by Tennessee. And uh, he said, you know, with, he said, he, Rustin said he wouldn't be surprised if he saw this get way worse for South Carolina before it got better. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened to the point now to where this weekend, the mighty Jacksonville state uh, Gamecocks are coming into the South Carolina Gamecock stadium. And people are legit thinking Jacksonville state may upset South Carolina. Um, it and would they not should. be the craziest thing. And they should. Um, that's a really good Jack State team. They're seven and two. And, you know, Rich Rodriguez, dude can coach some ball. I mean, they're they're gonna come out run right at you. They're gonna run the zone read like crazy. They're gonna have all kinds of wild formations. And he's got dudes. Um, he he's very, very confident in the guys he has. So don't don't be surprised if Jack State doesn't walk in there and just beat a beat South Carolina to death. Uh, let's see. Kelly said, 
I agree with your take. Still would love to see Nico run some with the ones halfway through the third quarter. He'll be running with the seconds. That's very true. Uh, very true. Um, I would like to see him get some time with the ones as well, uh, because that is, you know, getting prepared for next year as well. So I'd love to see that. Uh, before we get to our score predictions, I want to go back to Oreo puppy dogs question. <laughs> he said, has anyone else now? I, okay. So here's what I appreciate about this. This took some, this took some effort. Uh, this took some, some serious effort <laughs> to f- go back and tally up the number of defensive plays and that were against Tennessee made against Tennessee over the last three games or three road games. So that, and it took some math uh, to, to figure out, you know, all the stuff here. So for those listening to the audio podcast tomorrow morning, uh, I want you to know what Oreo puppy dog has done for us. He's, he's, he's really helped us all out. He's done the research for us. He said, has anyone else ever heard of only one live ball penalty for three road games against Tennessee? Over 540 snaps, one penalty. With 11 players, that's close to 6,000 chances (laughs) for a penalty. And there's only one? How is this even possible? (laughs) I think Vegas needs to run the odds on that. Yes. That's That's incredible. I love it. (laughs) And you know what? When you put it like that, how in the world is that even possible? (laughs) Yep. I totally agree. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not possible. And there's, and that's the thing, there's photographic evidence to prove it's not possible in there. Um, you know, top poor Tyler Barron's had his shoulder pads held every which way, you know, the past couple games. So, um, yeah, after math, Chris just said that's lottery odds. <laughs> yep. I uh, totally agree. Uh, Rebecca's right. It's definitely a math problem. <laughs> um, to- totally agree. Carl says bomb blowing. I mean, so or Oreo puppy dog, you get the award tonight for best research. <laughs> that was top notch, man. That was a plus on that. That's fantastic. Um, I also agree with, actually, I'm going to go back to that Oreo puppy dog made another good comment. Um, uh, Oreo puppy dog said, it's impossible without some monkey play going monkey business going on. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, that I agree. Uh, How can you not? Yeah. How can you not? We talked about this last Sunday with Reed Carringer. It is very obvious that Josh Heupel has angered somebody at the sec officials office and it's, they're holding a grudge. They've, they've communicated it to everybody. They're all angry and they're, they're taking it out on us. I mean, it's, it's not physically possible for this to happen. There's no other reason. Especially when you look at it in the way Oreo puppy dog just laid it out with 6,000 opportunities for a penalty. And there was only one. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, Hey, I like this. God guns and ammo said what said, you know, I think this is the game where Dante Thornton gets a hundred yards receiving. It very well might be. Uh, I think that's, uh, listen, that's possible. UConn will not have a defensive back who can physically match up with Dante Thornton. No, won't happen. So if he goes and bees who he should be, then yeah, uh, he should easily be beating people down the field. 
Um, I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, let's see. All right, so now Kelly's commenting on the stuff I, I started from Oreo Puppy Dog. So here's what Oreo Puppy Dog said. He said, I love Tennessee, but I'm pulling all pulling for Missouri and LSU this week. So here's the deal. Every Tennessee fan is a huge Missouri Tiger fan this week. And then next week, we are the exact opposite. <laughs> we are the biggest not Missouri Tiger fans next week. Uh, we need them to win this week, and we'll get into that here in just a second. Um, Hey, Traveling Fools, welcome. Good to have you guys. LSU's got a tough road to hoe this week. They're in Tuscaloosa. Alabama's steadily been getting better every game, and two of their best players aren't playing. Um, You know, their best defensive lineman, uh, the Wingo kid, he's not even dressing. Um, So they're going to have a tough time pulling that one out. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah. if their offense can score like they have been, they got a shot. Uh, but they're going to have to really put up some points for sure. Um, Aftermath, Chris said, keep Thornton on the outside, and I think he'll be better. Uh, yeah. yeah, I agree. He, play, he played very, very well. I mean, think about that. If you got Dante Thornton and Squirrel White on the field at the same time, how do you keep up with both of those guys? On the same uh, side of the field. Yeah, how would you I mean, like to be a safety on that side of the field? Oh, man, yeah. Uh, hey, Traveling Fool said, we'll be in Knoxville this weekend. Probably go check out the tailgating Saturday morning. That's awesome, man. Uh, I wish I'd been there. I'd, I'd love to meet you in person. Um, I won't be there this week. But I, that is awesome. Uh, Carl said, Bama officials handpicked by Sankey. <laughs> uh, there's some possible credibility to that. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's see. Kelly said, Georgia beat down Missouri, then drops two straight to Ole Miss and us. We beat Missouri and Georgia the following week. Stuff dreams are made of. Go Big Orange. So that's another possible road to Atlanta for Tennessee. Um, Here's how it breaks down. So I'm going to give the two possible scenarios, and then Rustin, I'm going to ask you which one you think is more likely. In both scenarios, Tennessee has to win out. That is not an option. Tennessee has to win out uh, both scenarios. Option one, scenario number one, Missouri beats Tennessee, excuse me, Missouri beats Georgia this weekend. And then Tennessee wins out. Tennessee beats Missouri, Georgia, and Vanderbilt. So if that happens, if Missouri beats Georgia this weekend, Tennessee controls its own destiny. Well, the officials may have something to do with that. I don't know. But but Tennessee, in theory, controls its own destiny if Missouri wins this week. So that's scenario one. Scenario two is Missouri loses this week. If Missouri loses to Georgia this week, Missouri is done. They will not be in the SEC championship game. Because even if Tennessee beats, uh, you know, uh, let's say that Missouri then beats Tennessee and Tennessee beats Georgia, Georgia would still have the head-to-head over Missouri. So Missouri's out at that point. Uh, they, they would not, and that includes, because Missouri already has one SEC loss. 
So even if Missouri loses and Ole Miss and Tennessee, uh, no, I just meant that I messed that up. Now I'm confusing myself. <laughs> uh, if if Georgia beats Missouri, Ole Miss beats Georgia, and Tennessee beats Georgia. Missouri still doesn't have a chance. They're out. So Missouri's SEC championship game hopes are this weekend. They have to win this weekend, and then they have to beat Tennessee next weekend. Uh, That is Missouri's path to the championship game. So scenario one is Tennessee gets to the championship game by Missouri beating Georgia this weekend and Tennessee winning out. Scenario two is Missouri loses to Georgia this weekend, but Ole Miss beats them next weekend, and Tennessee beats Georgia the weekend after that. And Tennessee, you know, wins out with Missouri, Georgia, and Vanderbilt. So those are the two paths for Tennessee. We have to win out no matter what. And either Missouri has to beat Georgia at Georgia or Ole Miss has to beat Georgia at Georgia. So which of those two scenarios do you think is more likely, Rustin? The one that doesn't involve Eli Drinkwitz. I think that's fair. I'm not a believer. I think they're a product of a weak schedule. I think Georgia's going to beat the crap out of them Saturday. Um, I don't think they can play with real teams at all. Um, you know, they didn't really play with LSU. That score was misleading. LSU's defense is horrendous. Um, you know, LSU's defense kept Missouri in the game, even though it was never really that close. Um, they haven't beaten anybody. Like, look at their schedule. They barely got by Middle Tennessee State. They barely got by Memphis. It's just Kansas a typical, State is their best win. Which honestly isn't that good. I mean, Kansas State... The Big 12 right now, I'm very su- suspect. I, It's an average conference. They're, they're all just beating up on each other because they're all average teams. And I, I'm not a believer. I think Georgia, I mean, Vegas agrees with me. Right now, Georgia's a 15-point favorite. It's the CBS game of the week, and everybody's touting it as the path to Atlanta. And the team that's picked to win has picked to win by more than two touchdowns. Um, that's a good point. You know. But they're not real. Um, they're 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 just gonna they're gonna they're gonna run into the big boys the next couple of weeks, and we're all gonna see what Missouri really is. Uh, you're exactly right about that. Uh, there's, I mean, this these next two weeks will reveal how good they are. Uh, Carl, you are the man. You are the man, Carl. Uh, thank you so much. Carl just gave us a ten dollars super chat. We really appreciate that very much, Carl. Valbro's year two. That's right, baby. This is uh. The first, the first uh, episode of our second year, right here. I love it. That's what I'm talking about. Episode number 81 as as a whole. I think we uh, should call it season two, episode one. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, thank you very, very much, Carl. We really appreciate it so much. Whoa, uh, the only ten you see, man. You are the only ten I see for sure, <laughs> and only twenty. <laughs> uh, that thank you so much. Wow. Uh you and Carl are awesome. <laughs> uh thank you so much, Only Tennessee. She said, just got here, thought I'd second Carl's sentiment. 
Uh, we really, really appreciate that very, very much. That is incredible. Wow. Uh, thank you. Um, Oreo puppy dog. I like this. He said, he, so the, the research Oreo puppy dog did for us earlier with finding out all this 6,000 chances over three road games for a penalty to be called. And only one was called, uh, and he said, I homeschool my girls, so we do math problems like this all the time. I love it. That's because what I'm talking about. That's real education. That's, that is real. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, Travel Fools, totally agree with you. They said, go Missouri. Absolutely. Abs- this week, yes. <laughs> uh, we got one week of go Missouri, and then it's don't play well ever again, Missouri. <laughs> um, we, want, uh, we want them to play well this week. They're going to have to prove it. I, I'm not buying it. Uh, so we we uh, we we hope the Tigers come out roaring this week, um, but if they don't, then we hope the Rebels come out playing really well the following week. <laughs> so, so that one I have a lot more confidence in because Lane knows how to call offense against Kirby. Um, Lane's got a running back that can actually keep them on the ground successfully and and keep uh, Georgia's offense off the field. He's got a running quarterback. Kirby's teams always struggle with that. And he's got a couple of receivers that can go make plays. Um, I That's the game that I think Georgia is on upset alert. Uh, Traveling Fools had a great point. They said, smash that thumbs up. It helps the algorithm. I totally agree. We would love it if you'd like this video and shared it. And if you haven't yet subscribed, we'd love that. That'd be amazing. Uh, Carl, I agree. And he said, the only 10 you see knows football. That's right. She sure does. I appreciate that. Uh, she really does always providing great insight and questions. It's wonderful having her with us. Uh, aftermath, Chris said, line up Thornton and squirrel on the same side. Let them run a crossing route. Thornton runs a deep post squirrel runs, go route. Good luck. LOL. Absolutely. I mean, just let them go. Let them go be fast. I mean, there's no one this week, no one this week who will be able to keep up with them. Just let them go be fast. And then, I mean, Joe can get it to him. We know that for sure. Just throw it deep. Yep. Um, Carl said, Kelly, save me some of that Kool-Aid. <laughs> About uh, Kelly's prediction for the game, too. They, they both got high hopes. Okay, I'm glad Kelly said this. He said the Gators need to drop a game as well. Um that's true. They do because they have two losses. And if we went out, then uh, I'm so glad you said that because if we went out, then Florida would hold the tiebreaker against us in head to head. Um, I guess I, sh- I should have, I'm, I'm assuming LSU is going to beat Florida. That that's what I'm, I'm assuming that will happen. Uh, I, I know I probably should not assume that, um, but I'm, I'm assuming that the LSU will beat Florida. Uh, this week is interesting. I, they, Florida plays Arkansas this week and I don't think anybody knows anything about Arkansas. Like what's going on? I mean, it's, it's, they score what 17 points and a half against Alabama and then score three, the whole game against Mississippi state. Well, like they fired the world. Well, they fired Dan Enos. So, the one thing they have going for him this weekend is literally Florida has no idea what they're going to see because brand new play caller, 
clearly he's not going to call the way they have all year because he doesn't want to get fired too. Um, so, you know, this is basically the new guy's open audition to be the permanent OC. So, you know, he's going to go out there and run a completely different call system. Um, so it's really, honestly, it's going to be, it's going to be hard on Florida this weekend because they have no idea what they're going to see. Um, some of the other comments that came in here said, uh, let's see, the only 10 you see said, don't know what you guys have talked about up to this point, but I need Hypel to practice the pass game with Joe in this Connecticut game because Georgia and Missouri are going to sell out to stop the run. I 100% agree with that. Yes. Uh, and you know what? That There are national media members who are also saying the same thing mm-hmm. because uh, they were saying, you know, Tennessee's figuring out who they are and they know who they are as far as they're a running team. Uh, they're going to run the ball first. So I'm glad, uh, I'm glad that uh, you said that because that, that is 100% accurate in order to beat Missouri and Georgia, they're going to have to be able to throw the ball. They will have to, because both Missouri and Georgia have very good defensive fronts. That's really Missouri's major strength on defense is their defensive line and their ability to get after the quarterback. Um, let's see here. What else? Um, JL said, and Florida State. Did you mean Florida? I think he meant probably Florida. I think he was just talking about games they could lose, but we were talking about games they could lose that would affect the SEC championship. Oh, I got you. I'm with you. I understand. I'm, I'm with you. Um, let's see. <clears throat> yeah, the only 10 you see said, and Arkansas is KJ Jefferson. Uh, I mean, seriously, he, the oldest quarterback in the league, he should be having the, the year of his life and he's just not, it, I, I don't get it. I really, they don't, haven't, I really don't. They haven't given him a chance. If you watch the games, Dan Enos wasn't calling anything other than just smash mouth football. And, and he turned KJ Jefferson into a glorified running back. And so, you know, he, I mean, they were rarely throwing the ball. It was, it was bizarre. Uh, Carl said Georgia definitely concerns him with stopping the run. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, man. Absolutely. Oreo Puppy Doc said would love to see the punter score a touchdown. Against I mean, it's time, Missouri. right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's time, right? Not this we, week. But I mean, at some point. Yeah, I mean, but not like, this week. Save that for a game that matters. I mean – how in the world uh, they built it up, built it up, built it up all, you know, fall camp and then nothing. <laughs> we haven't seen him do anything. Uh, let's see. The only Tennessee said, did you hear Charles Campbell talk about her punter? So if you, I'm, I'm betting you're talking about uh, earlier this week when Charles Campbell had a presser, I think it was, I think it was Monday that he was on the podium. Um, I saw that, but I have not yet watched it. Um, so that, if that's what you're referring to, I haven't yet seen it, but I would love to know what he said. Um, so Daniel, welcome, Daniel. Good to have you with us, buddy. He said, if there's a three-way tie between Tennessee, Florida, and Georgia, who goes? All right, so in order for that to happen, Florida has to win out. That means Florida has to beat Arkansas, and they have to beat LSU. If they do that, and Georgia beats Tennessee, excuse me, and Georgia beats Missouri, but then loses to Ole Miss and Tennessee, and Tennessee wins out. 
then there would be a three-way tie in that scenario between Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida, in which all three teams would have two losses. And all three teams would have losses against each other. So head-to-head would be out of the equation at that point because Tennessee would have the head-to-head over Georgia. Georgia would have head-to-head over Florida, and Florida would have head-to-head over Tennessee. So in that scenario, the first tiebreaker would be head-to-head. Can't do it. So the second tiebreaker would be overall conference record. And that would be the same as well. I mean, that would, that's like the first tiebreaker, actually. Uh, so that would uh, that would maybe it goes to East opponents at that point. It might be the East what what their what their record is against East opponents. If that's the case, then then we're at a that Florida would be eliminated at that point. Um, because their actually, two losses were <clears throat> Georgia actually, and Kentucky. Actually, it's not. Tiebreaker number one is head-to-head. Tiebreaker number two is records of the tied teams within the division. So their overall record is actually the second tiebreaker. The third tiebreaker is record against the team within the division with the best overall conference record. All right, well, hang on. Let's go back to the one before that. Okay, so you said overall record as a whole. Mm -hmm. So that would eliminate Florida. Yep. Because they have three losses. Um, so then we would be at Tennessee and Georgia still. And okay. So I wonder in that situation, if Florida gets eliminated, does it go back up to t- the, the first tiebreaker of head to head and Tennessee gets the nod? I don't know. It doesn't talk about that because they would have the same overall record because both of them at that point would be 10 and two because Georgia's two losses would be, either Missouri or Ole Miss and Tennessee. One one of the first two in Tennessee. Who's on first? What's on second? <laughs> so uh, that would be very interesting if if that so if if that's the case, if there's a three-way tie, then overall between Tennessee, Florida, and Georgia, then the overall record would eliminate Florida. In which case yep. now we're back to a tie between Tennessee and Georgia. So you would you would hope head to head would come back into play. Tennessee would get the nod and go to the championship game. I mean, that makes sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, only Tennessee said, Daniel, you're breaking our brains with this question. <laughs> it's a good question, wasn't it? It's a great one. Absolutely. Um, Carl said he likes our thinking that if there's a three way tie, it eliminates Florida, and then it's a tie between Tennessee and Georgia. We get head to head. He likes that thinking. I like that too. Uh, Carl said, orange beats red and blue. It's science. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, oh, this is cool. So the only 10 you see said that Charles Campbell said that uh, Jackson Ross, Tennessee's punter, practices with the wide receivers and quarterbacks. Well, let him, hey, let him air that thing out. I want to see it. Let's do it. I'm all for it. Let's make it happen. Uh, and Oreo Pubby said, that's awesome that he does that. Uh, we've heard he's got the third best arm on the team, so let's see him. Let's see him chuck it. See what happens. I'd love to see that. Um, let's see here. Our last question of the night. Last question. Score prediction time, Rustin. What do you got for this weekend against the Fighting Huskies of UConn? Uh, Fifty-nine to ten. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. 
Hey, sign me up. I'll take that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. They're averaging 18 and a half a game um, against Duke. They lost 41 to seven. Um, they're typically, other than the Duke game, they're typically scoring twice every weekend. So I'll give them twice and say 10. Um, you know, I think they'll probably get a light, you know, maybe a field goal in the first half and a late touchdown against our scrubs in the second half. Um, so I'll go 59 to 10. Very interesting. So I've said this before. I'll say it again. Rustin and I do not, uh, talk about this ahead of time. And so that was the first time I had heard his prediction and, and, and oh gosh, Carl, <laughs> Carl, Carl said 500 to two book. It. <laughs> Carl's got Nico taking a safety. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a good one. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, the only 10 you see said, how dare you rest and they better not score 10 on us. <laughs> um, so, Aftermath, Chris said, for the first time this year, Vols by 50. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I'm going to star a couple of those other ones. So we don't talk about this for beforehand, um, but actually I also had uh, Connecticut scoring 10 points. That was that – was, my prediction. And I think what you said is, I think that's a great explanation of what will happen. They score a field goal sometime in the first half and they score a touchdown late in the second half. I think that's perfect. I totally agree. I'm going to say Tennessee 45-10. And the reason I say that is I think that in the first quarter we score a touchdown on the opening possession and then very similar to what I think it was Oreo Puppy Dog or maybe Kelly said earlier in the in the show. Kelly. They kick a they kick a field goal in the second possession and Twitter loses its mind. <laughs> That's I, I'm predict not only am I predicting what happens in the game, I'm saying this is gonna happen on social media during the game. Uh we'll get we'll get down in the red zone. We will not score a touchdown on the second possession, we'll kick a field goal. And all of Twitter is going to explode. And I'm like, why can we not score in the red zone? And it's going to happen. I'm telling you. That's, and and then we won't kick another field goal. The rest of the game will score touchdowns the rest of the game. And so um, I'm going to say 45-10. Um, the only thing that makes me say that is if we have 10 possessions in the game, if we score on – if we score 45 points, that means on seven of them, we scored touchdowns. We, we kicked one field goal and we did not score on two of them. Uh, I can, I can, you know, imagine in the second half, maybe we don't score on a couple late in the game in the second half, something like that. Um, so I'm going to say 45, 10, uh, Tennessee wins. And exactly what Carl said uh, is exactly, or whoever it was, Kelly, he said, Kelly, uh, exactly what he says, exactly what will happen. We'll have the first four possessions, we'll have four four scores, three touchdowns, one field goal. Totally agree. It'll be 24-3, and then we'll score again probably going into halftime, and we'll be up 31-3 at halftime. 
and then we'll come out in the second half, score two touchdowns in the second half. That, that's what that's that's what I'm I'm gonna go with. Uh, so 59-10, I think both of those are, are good predictions. Uh, let's see some other predictions. Oreo Puppy Dogs take fifty-one to six. Uh, yeah, that could happen. That means that they kick two field goals for sure. Absolutely. Um, I, I would love that. We keep them out of the end zone for the whole game. That'd be great. I'd love that. Uh, it's Daniel possible. Said, they didn't score against Duke until twelve seconds left in the game, so it's always possible. Daniel said, "I'd rather see Jackson Ross have the ball in fourth than being stuck having to run a play." Um, so I'd probably throw uh, throwing the ball instead of um, running it. I think for a first down is what he's saying there. Um, Kelly said, 49-21, two late touchdowns." Uh, I hope they don't score twenty-one. Um, but I do think that, you know, they might score 14. I mean, that that's not a stretch at all from what, you know, my prediction was earlier if I, if I go that. Um, I hope they don't score 21. If they score 21, that's not good. <laughs> that, that wouldn't be good. Uh, but, you know, if that happens, then that gives them some motivation in practice the next two weeks or leading into Missouri and then Georgia for sure. Uh, Carl said, oh, Carl, Carl's backing off of 500 to two. (laughs) Um, he said actual score 62, 13 late touchdown by UConn for sympathy. Okay. So Carl saying they kick one field goal, maybe in the first half, one in the third quarter, and then a late touchdown in the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, totally could see them scoring that way. Uh, Absolutely. If we score 62, that's a that's a fantastic day for Tennessee. I mean, there's no way anybody could be upset if Tennessee walks out of that scoring because that's, I mean that that's that's legit right there if they do that. Um, that would be huge if they walk away with that many points. Um, let's see. The only Tennessee said, well, first of all, her prediction is 51-6. Uh, that's absolutely great prediction. Uh, 100% could happen. She asked, what was our score with Virginia? 49-13. 49-13. There we go. Um, appreciate that. Uh, so 49-13 against Virginia. Uh, she's saying 51-6 against um, UConn this week. Carl said, homecoming, all the alums in the in the house this weekend. That's right. Um uh, they're going to wear uh, Summit Blue uh, accessories as, as we begin Alzheimer's Awareness Month to honor Pat Summit this weekend. Um, so I think those are some great predictions. I think those are those are certainly possible. Anything's possible. Uh, so I think those are great, great predictions. Uh, real quick, before we end the, end the show, this upcoming week, big week uh, in Tennessee sports, uh, for example, here I'm gonna get that uh, lower third off screen. There we go. Uh, Monday night, November the sixth, which is this upcoming Monday, Tennessee men's basketball starts their season against Tennessee Tech in Thompson Bowling Arena. Uh, yes, I'm aware it's Food City Center at Thompson Bowling Arena. Not gonna I'm, call it that. I'm just calling it TBA. <laughs> I'm gonna call it Thompson Bowling because that's really you know that's what we all know it as. So. Um, thank you, Food City, for sponsor. Hey, you know what, Food City, if you want to sponsor the Vol Bros, we will 
proclaim we'll the good food news. City Center at that point. Yes, we will call it Food City Center every single. We will make a, a point to call the Food City Center every single show. Um, so we are more than happy to accommodate that. Um, <laughs> uh, so we are welcome. Um, uh, so we got a couple questions. Let's see. Rob, let me finish talking about basketball. I'll go back to those. Uh, then November 10th, which is next Friday. So a week from tomorrow, men's basketball travels to Wisconsin. Huge early season matchup. The game is at 9 p.m. Eastern time next Friday night, November 10th. That is a huge, huge early season matchup for the men's basketball team. Um, obviously, they played well against Michigan State without Zakai and Santi. Santi is supposed to be available. At least that's what he's all back. Indications he are. Today. Yeah, he practiced today. Now, we still do not know a return for Zakai yet, but he is practicing. We do know that. Uh, for the women's team, for women's basketball, oh, I clicked on the wrong thing. Uh, let's see here. For women's basketball, their first game is, oh, the very next night, November 7th. So the men play November 6th. The ladies play, Lady Vols play on November 7th, Tuesday, also at 6.30 p.m. And they are playing, they're hosting Florida A&M on Tuesday to start their season. They then travel to Florida State on Thursday at 6 o'clock p.m. So next Thursday night, when Rustin and I are live at 9, that game at Florida State will already be over. So we'll be able to give everybody an update on um, uh, the women's team against Florida State that night. So our last few comments here that came through, let's see. Uh, you, missed, you missed one thing that's kind of a huge deal. This Sunday, the Lady Vols are playing Team USA. That's true. It and sure it, is an exhibition game. And SEC Network picked it up. It's going to be on live television. Uh, that'll be interesting because some of the Lady Vols were on the USA Women's National Team. <laughs> and so that'll be cool. That'll be cool. I mean, they're, they're playing an entire roster of professionals. The WNBA players who are on Team USA are traveling around playing college teams. That'll be that'll be fun to watch. So that's this Sunday at six o'clock p.m. Uh, so when we're live Sunday night, that game will have just ended at eight, probably. So that'll be uh, something that we can discuss Sunday night as well. Uh, our last few comments that came in, uh, Rob, welcome, Rob. Good to have you, buddy. He said UConn will score late because we'll have our four string in there. That is almost a guarantee. I agree. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully they don't. But statistically speaking, they're probably going to. Uh, the only thing you see said, have you seen the blue football uniform prototypes? They are fire. So Chad Fields did create a, you know, mock-up of what they could look like. And there's been a few different versions going around. Uh, I like Chad's the best. There were some that had like faded blue checkerboards on the shoulders. I wasn't a huge fan of that. But um, the solid light, you know, Summit blue, like look kind of like the Oilers. Um, those were, I, I agree, I liked them. I thought they're pretty cool looking. 
Um, but we do know that this weekend they are going to do uh, orange jerseys, white britches, traditional white helmet, but their accessories like armbands and stuff like that, those will be Summit Blue. That's the game plan for this weekend. Uh, let's see. Uh, hey, Big Vol Daddy, welcome, buddy. It's good to have you with us. Uh, sorry we were unable to, to catch your show on Tuesday. Uh, th- this last Tuesday when we were talking about it, we were actually at Nuga Sports taking photos and stuff that night. So, uh, you know what? Hey, let's just Nuga Sports. The, this show is sponsored by Nuga Sports tonight. <laughs> uh, Nuga Sports Academy. Uh, you can check them out at nugasportsacademy.com. Um, Rustin may have a thing or two to do with that organization. So uh, everybody can check out Nuga Sports Academy. I'm not paying for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Carl said he just saw the accessories. Ooh, ooh, insider knowledge. Check this out. Fort Rep. Welcome, Fort Rep. Good to have you. He said, hey, guys, Cam Sel- You're talking. Assuming he's talking about Cam Selden. Yeah, he said Cam just texted me earlier this week and told me he's getting in the end zone this Saturday. I love it, man. Uh, you tell Cam we said we are all for that. Uh, we we will be. We will, yes, absolutely. Uh, I love it. Carl said, "Be watching for Cam." <laughs> he said, "Yes, sir." Carl, hopefully the young guys are able to get some reps. I love that. Um, so I'm all for it. Let's get him in the end zone multiple times. And Khalifa. I want Khalifa Keith to get a touchdown this week, too. I want both of them to get in the end zone. Um, he said we'll do. Uh, so we we appreciate that. Um let's see. Uh Carl said, go Lady Vols. Absolutely. Uh ooh, aftermath Chris. He said, I'd love to see Jackson Ross fake punt and either run or throw it at some point, just to make sure Missouri Georgia know it's a possibility. Um Fort Rep, Fort Rep said he wants to see Khalifa Keith get in the end zone as well. He said he's a, he's a beast as well. Um, so I want to see Jackson Ross do something at some point, whether that's this week or Missouri. I mean, I'm kind of with Rustin. It, it'd be nice to surprise Missouri with something that they hadn't seen. Um, but time will tell, that's for sure. I'm excited about this weekend. This is in the SEC. There is some fascinating games this weekend. Oh yeah, you know, at noon while we're playing, you've got A and M and Old Miss. Um, that has potential to be a fantastic game. Um, right after, well, actually, a, same thing at noon. Also, Arkansas and Florida. That's going to be a wild game because Arkansas has a new play caller. Sam Pittman's honestly coaching for his job. Yes. So you know, there's there's opportunity there for for a, a weird day um jacksonville states at south carolina i'm telling you right now mark i remember i said it that game's gonna be a lot closer than south carolina wants it to be and don't be shocked at all if jack state wins that thing um then you got missouri georgia and then um even even kentucky mississippi state like it's not a ideal game but it'll it'll be entertaining um and then lsu alabama in the evening um CBS is getting their money's worth Saturday. They've got C, uh, Georgia, Missouri, and LSU, Alabama. They they're they're cashing in. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, even if you look nationally, there's tons of awesome games this week. It's just a really really good week. You got Kansas State at Texas, uh, Oklahoma. We got Bedlam, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. That'll be a good one. 
Uh, And then in the Pac-12, California, Oregon, who knows what that's going to, I mean, Oregon's going to win, but California gave USC a run for the money last week. Notre Dame, Um, Clemson, if Notre Dame walks in there and beats them like a rented mule, somebody's going to get murdered on the, on the Tiger Calls show afterwards. (laughs) Dabo's just going to find someone and kill them. Uh, Washington, USC, that's a good game. Um, Oregon State, Colorado, UCLA, Arizona. There's some there's some really good games this weekend, so it'll be a fun Saturday of college football, no doubt. Uh, this will be a, this will be a great weekend, and hopefully, hopefully for Tennessee fans, it's a stress free weekend uh, because we should take care of business easily against the mighty Huskies of UConn. Uh, so hopefully that happens, and like we said earlier, hopefully it is um, just a a game where we do what we're supposed to do we go out there we dominate in every area of the game and we win this thing running away with it um daniel said i have to throw you guys some props i questioned rustin's comments on peely last week looks like uh he may be going to pursue a medical red shirt props guys love the show and we appreciate that thank you so much um, we really smart, do. It's the smart move for him. He needs to get the medical red shirt. He absolutely qualifies for it. The NCAA, it's one of the few things the NCAA always approves fast because there's only two criteria. If you meet the two, you immediately get it. Um, so he'll get a fast answer. If he does go after the medical red shirt, he'll know within a week. And I think it'd be better for his draft stock too, because he doesn't yep. have enough, you know, he doesn't have enough film to show people what he did this year. He only played one game. That's it. Um, so we appreciate that, Daniel. We respect that, man. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate you saying that. Uh, Oreo Puppy Dog said, the best Saturday is watching Tennessee win while eating deer jerky and drinking orange frosties. <laughs> I love it, man. It's the simple things in life, isn't it? I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we hope everybody has a great evening. Uh, we hope everybody um, joins us on Sunday night at 9 o'clock. We're in year two of the Volbros now, baby. Uh, it's it's awesome. Uh, next, let's see. This Sunday will be the 82nd episode uh, of our of our show. So, episode uh, two of season two. Yeah, we could say that too. But I like <laughs> staying the 82. I, I just I'm looking forward to 100. We got to do something exciting for 100. I'm trying to figure out when that would be. Uh, if we do, you know, we're averaging two shows a week right now. But uh, if if we keep this pace. A hundred will be shortly after the new year. So that'll be really cool. Episode uh, hundred. I'm just going to skip it and let Zach fill in for me. That's what, Hey, that's what, that, that would be incredible. We should Zach Zach's on the show for episode 100. Uh, no doubt about it. That would be awesome. Uh, travel full said, uh, later on. Hey, we appreciate you guys so much. Uh, the only 10 you see said, enjoy guys. See you Sunday. Thank you again for that super chat. The only 10 you see and Carl, y'all are awesome. Thank you. Um, Zach, actually Zach got a promotion at work. We found out, uh, this Sunday. So he knew he wasn't going to be able to watch live tonight because, um, he had a promotion at work. And so, uh, Sunday, Zach, when you watch this, cause he told us he was going to watch the replay. So Zach, when you see this, you got an invitation now, man. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be on here. Uh, the only thing you said, we want Zach. We want Zach. I love it. Uh, well, I can't wait. Oh, Zach, he's here. He said, I just got home from work. <laughs> yes. So Zach, uh, 
whenever we get to, we're at our 80th, 81st episode right now. When we get to a hundred, we want you on the screen with us in the hundred episode, man. We want to do that. We should just like open it up. That'd be a fun, that'd be a fun hundred episode. Yep. Uh, that'd be awesome. Um, let's see. Uh, Carl said, this has been fun. A bunch of Tennessee homers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, buddy. He said, Evan providing commentary. Rustin and only Tennessee provide nexus and O's. <laughs> Here we go. That's a winning combination, buddy. That's a winning combination right there. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, Zach, hey, man. Uh, and everybody's, I love this. Everybody's greeting Zach. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's one thing I love about this is that not only have we gotten to know you guys, but you guys gotten to know each other. <laughs> I love that. Um, it's fun. Well, we really appreciate uh, everybody joining us. Um, like I said, hope you join us Sunday night at nine as well. And if, if uh, hey, uh, Zach said he's predicted 63-13 this weekend. <laughs> he got on just to give us prediction. Yeah. And he said, uh, I'll be honored to do it. Love you guys. We love you too, Zach. That's awesome, man. We we, we appreciate that. That's that so cool. Uh, Oriel Puppy Dog said, awesome people and great points on this show. Hey, we appreciate that very much. We love having you with us. Um, so very, very cool uh hopefully tomorrow not tomorrow saturday i keep saying tomorrow um you're all about that so, homecoming parade i am it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome i heard it's gonna Did be you great. Get your flowers ready <laughs> uh I'm, I'm actually not driving a float this year so <laughs> um but saturday hope it's a great day for everybody um hopefully we'll get to see all of you sunday night as well uh for another episode of the vol bros it has been so much fun this evening, and we hope to see you all very, very soon. Uh, as always, go Vols, and we'll see you Sunday night.